Let's try this together. Good morning. Man, how many of you guys are just so excited about the weather today? I'm just telling you, I think cooler weather just makes people happy. You know, they're just nicer to you, like driving down the road. They'll let you in their lane, turn out in front of you. It's just, I think that's what it is. It's such an exciting time. It's my absolute favorite time of the year. Um, one reason why all those uh, pterodactyl mosquitoes from the hurricane are dying off. <laughs> Honest to goodness, I can't believe how big some of those things were. Um, so that's exciting. And then it's just, I think people have more joy leading up to Christmas. You know, people are getting excited. The humidity's gone. You know, you're not sweating everywhere you go. So uh, that's exciting. And, and, you know, it's the time of year where people really just think about uh, things that they've been blessed with. And uh, they're thankful for that. You think about all the people who make the post, the 30 days of thankfulness on, you know, Facebook and stuff. Every day they're just posting something they're grateful for. And so uh, it's, it's a really, really good time of the year because it's easy for us to get complacent with what we have. I mean, I, I think, you know, we are probably one of the most blessed uh, countries in the world. And uh, it's so easy for us just to take for granted all the little amenities and things that we have. So uh, it's a good time of the year. Today we are uh, starting this new series called Grateful. And we are specifically today just focusing on being grateful for a fresh start. And uh, I think all of us at some point in our lives have had a fresh start. Um, many of us have changed jobs and you don't realize um, how nice it is and how grateful you are for going from a bad job to a good job, right? You know, you look back and you're like, I can't believe I dealt with that for so long or those employees or, or that boss. Um, we're, we're grateful for things just like, you know, simple things changing, even schools, um, just changing locations, moving is, is a big thing. Those of you who are military, um, you know, you've maybe been here at Seymour Johnson for a short amount of time and, um, you know, we hope it grows on you. Some people have just what they call trapped in the black hole of Seymour Johnson. You've been here for a long time and you feel like they forgot about you. And, um, you know, but, but you go from, let's say, you know, somewhere out in North Dakota or South Dakota and you move to uh, Goldsboro, North Carolina, it's not too bad, right? Uh, but, but when you move from, say, Goldsboro, North Carolina to Hickam Air Force Base in Hawaii, you're like, man, look at what I've been missing this whole time in Hawaii, you know. And so you're, you're grateful for those types of things. Um, you know, we've all been grateful for things. Uh, there's people who are, are grateful for uh, things that you've done in your past and may, may not be on your record anymore. You know, it's like uh, my, my roommate in college, true story, my roommate in college, um, he got a, a felony charge. Uh, by, he was riding with a group of friends in a truck and they were throwing water balloons. And uh, they, the, his, his friend threw one and it hit a girl in the face. And... Um, didn't mean, it wasn't trying to hit her in the face, but they had a really, really strict judge and he had to spend a night in jail and it was pretty bad and he had this felony charge on his record. So he, record, so he had to like, uh, you know, put on his application. And so I remember he told me, he's like, man, my, my charge is actually gone now. You know, I don't have to have to write that on my applications anymore, you know. So he's thankful for that type of fresh start. Fresh starts we often associate with just uh, being at the beginning of the year, like January 1st. That's when a lot of people make changes in their life, changes in the way they eat, changes in working out. I mean, that's where gym memberships are the highest. It's where people are making, you know, New Year's resolutions. It's like this year it's going to be different. This year, is, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a change in my life. It's, it's going to be a fresh start for me. And so uh, for me personally, the most recent fresh start is uh, we just moved and um, we've been in the process of transition of renting a house for the last probably year and a half. 
And so we found this house uh, downtown Goldsboro and uh, decided that we were going to remodel it. And so we were really, really excited. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was going to be new neighbors. It's going to be closer to the restaurants, closer to Lowe's. I mean, I literally go to Lowe's like once a day. And I see some of you that go like once a day too because we always see each other in passing. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's super nice. It's convenient. I'm not as close as to the church. I used to actually live right over here. And so it's a little bit further of a drive, but, you know, these amenities. And so when you go from, from renting a, a single wide trailer, which let me just say was a great time in our lives. Um, you know, we got to see a sunset every night that was a sunset. And um, it brought our family closer together, literally. Um, you know, lots of, lots of memories were made there, uh, lots of good experiences, so I don't take any of, any of that for granted. But, but things you, you just, are, you know, take for granted and are grateful for are, is, is space, right? Um, you're going around walking through. We had this, it, it like, you know, hoarder sometimes, not on purpose, but you just had these little paths of things because, you know, it's a, t- a two-bedroom, single-wide trailer, and you, we've got a lot of stuff, and it was stacked. And so when you <clears throat> would walk through, you know, the, the living room slash office into the kitchen slash dining room and then into the bedroom slash bathroom, you know, it was like, you know, you had these little paths that you would walk through. And I can't tell you, I, I felt like my toe constantly stayed bruised for, for the bed that was there, that the door barely just opened when you opened the door into our bedroom. And like, you know, you, you had to lay the bed out just enough space where the, the door would open into it, but the other door into the bathroom wouldn't hit it. So, I mean, there's just really, really tight. And, and, and so, you know, you, you're thankful for those things and you don't realize like, how much space means to you and how thankful for you are you are for space like when you you know take a shower and you just turn to get the shampoo and you open the door you know it knocks the door open to the shower um and, and you know just sitting down you bust your knee on the toilet holder um so you know we're, we're super thankful that we have this house now and we look back and we're like man you know we, we live there for so long and it's just nice to be able to to lay and have a place to put certain things and so uh but but here's the thing that we, you know you can't really be grateful for something until you kind of almost have something to compare it to right you know, you take what was in the past and look where you were or, you know, right now and vice versa. And so you have to have something to kind of compare it to. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today as we talk about like fresh starts. One of the popular shows that was, um, you know, when I was growing up was Rescue 911. How many of you guys remember old William Shatner? And so they would have these shows where uh, people would tell their stories of what happened and everything from, you know, car accidents to, you know, kids getting trapped. And just, I mean, there's, I, I used to love that show. But one thing you would see is they would always interview the people who were a part of that experience. And you would often find them, or, or the reenactments, um, you would find them you know, crying and distraught. And they're telling the story because they saw what potentially could have, they could have lost their life and been a severe situation and how they were rescued. Right, and and they tell that story with such with such passion, and they tell that story, you know, with such sincerity that they see like this is where I was, this is what happened. I am so grateful for where I was brought out of because it could have been much much worse. And so today we're going to be looking at a story in John. Um, if you have your Bibles, if you'll go ahead and turn with me, John chapter eight, where we're going to see uh, this woman who is grateful for a fresh start and a second chance. We're going to be in John chapter eight. And we're going to get a first-hand look at what being grateful in a fresh start looks like. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me there. We're going to read starting in verse 1. And it says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, 
And at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. Now let's just set the scene for just a moment. Uh, you, you got this idea, this vision, there's this you know, temple, they're all standing around there and, and there in the middle, I just like to envision this is Jesus and those who want to hear his words are sitting there listening at that time. And so there are people maybe around him further out that aren't really participating, aren't listening, but there he is in the center and he's teaching them and listening to what he's saying. And then something happens. And you guys have been in this situation where you might just be having a conversation with somebody, uh, maybe in a restaurant, maybe you've been here at church, you're just you know, having a normal conversation and something catches your attention. Something, maybe it's a, a loud noise, you hear somebody yelling, someone screaming, someone you know, yelling at their kid or, or something like that and, and it just kind of stops you in your tracks for a moment to, to divert your attention like I'm, I'm engaged in this and then something happens and, and all of a sudden you know, this, the attention is brought to you or you're, you're more aware of that. And it says that uh, in verse 3, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman. And, and the key word here we're going to look at today also is the word caught. So if you want to underline, highlight that, in adultery. And they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of, of adultery. Now, when we read that word, word caught, uh, there's a lot of things that kind of go through our mind here, what, what caught means. Um, you know, this wasn't hearsay, right? This wasn't like, you know, I got word on the street that this happened. It wasn't that they saw this woman and this man, you know, go into a, a home or a place and come out, you know, 15, 20, 30, I don't know ever how much time later together. Um, it, it wasn't like that at all. It wasn't like, you know, your kid where you said, hey, uh, this happened to me as a child. Don't eat this chocolate, Right? And then you go in the other room and you come back and the chocolate's gone and there's chocolate on the kid's face. And you're like, did you, did you eat the chocolate? And they're like, nope. Right? It, it wasn't that type of caught where it was after the fact that you see this, it was caught. Right? It, it was like me, and I've told this story before, it was me in Sunday school class as an elementary student where I thought it would be a, a grand idea to become, you know, the class, entertainer, clown, whatever you want to say, make everybody laugh, climb up on top of the Sunday school table where my teacher is trying to, to teach and, and dance. And she tells me to you know, sit down and I don't listen and I keep on and keep on. And so she goes to proceed to get my dad who was not far away and I'm in the middle of dancing and the door is open and cutting up and then I see him. And he sees me on top of the table. It's that type of call. The next three hours are really vague. I don't remember what happened. And so that's what it was. She was caught in the act. And now she's here, as Jesus is teaching in the temple court, with this angry type of mob, if you will. It's just how I envision them because they, they have an agenda and she's humiliated. But what's interesting about the story is this, there's no man, right? There's no man, and we're gonna see the significance of, of that in just a moment. But the man is missing. I mean, I, I highly think it's possible that he escaped, right? I mean, when you've got a group, there's two people, 
you have this purpose and agenda for, for bringing this woman, as we'll see in a minute. The man was there. He could have been caught. There was a number of people, but yet he is missing. Is it possible? Maybe, but I think it's unlikely. I think it's more the trap that they were trying to set for Jesus. Either way, it seems fishy. And so we see, we can imagine what her demeanor must have been, right? I mean, she's humiliated. She's crying. She's distraught. She's afraid. There's anxiety. They're yelling. They're they're talking on the way to bring her. You know, it's not just the silence thing, like, come with me. She knows what's in store for her. She knows what's going to happen to her. In verse 5, it says, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women and they asked Jesus what do you say now what's interesting is the scribes and Pharisees they were in opposition to each other lots of times but they were somehow able to come together on over a common issue and I, I see that true for our lives as well isn't it interesting and maybe not just for you but I, I can say it's true in my life that, that I've seen people whether it's on you know I'll just use Facebook again for example that people who don't like each other can come together over a common thing that maybe they don't like a certain person. Let's say somebody doesn't like me, another person doesn't like me, and they, these people can come together over the same thing. And so we see that they're able to come together, they join forces around a common enemy, and so we'll see Jesus. And what we notice about the Old Testament and the law, because it says Moses commanded us to stone such women, is it was pretty gruesome, right? It was bloody it was heinous as we go back and we look at the shedding of blood the sacrifices and all the things that took place for the covering of sin we notice how gruesome it was we also notice how serious it is how serious the sin was of adultery it was meant to show the severity of sin and I believe honestly in our society today we suppress the seriousness of sin altogether not just adultery, but sin in general. It's easy for us just to kind of brush it off. You know, as culture and society shifts, it's easy for us, oh, it's not such a big deal. Everybody's doing it. You know, he or she does it. And so we suppress the seriousness of our sin anyway. When we look back, when we revert back to what it says in the Old Testament, in Leviticus 20, the Bible is very specific about the witnesses. And it says in verse, 20, uh, verse 10 of chapter 20, if there is a man who commits adultery with another man's wife, one who commits adultery with his friend's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. And so there was never there just one person that was in trouble. We all also notice this, and the same can be true today, is there is never just one guilty party when it comes to, to adultery there's always two and so here's the woman she's laying there the crowd is gathered around there's people like what is going on what just happened she knew what the old testament law said she knew what was at stake for her life and this humiliation and this disgrace and the shame and all of this flooded her mind and she knew that at any moment whatsoever stones could just become flinging her way she could be sitting there and out of nowhere, someone could potentially throw a stone at her. In verse 6 it says this, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him, him being 
Jesus. See, here's the thing about them. They didn't love the law. They hated Jesus. And they wanted to trap him at his words. And so he was faced with a choice at this moment. Would he defy Roman law or would he defy Jewish? Because Rome is the one that was the one, you know, imposing capital punishment. Would he be guilty of that or would he be guilty of not showing compassion and mercy and not keeping the law? And so Jesus is forced here in just this dilemma of what do I do? And so something interesting happens. Many of you know this story and know the next thing that actually takes place, right? They're, they're standing there, all eyes are on him. They've asked him a question. When somebody asks you a question, it's typically the next thing that happens is you respond. You give an answer. And so Jesus goes from standing and teaching in this posture that he has, and it says in the verse 6, he bent down and he started to write on the ground with his finger. Now what's interesting about this is this is the first and only record we can find of Jesus actually writing anything, right? It's the first time we ever see it written, you know, him sitting uh, down on the ground and writing here in the sand. And the million dollar question is what? (laughs) What was he writing? Everybody wants to know, like, what was he writing in fact? Because here's the thing, as, as they ask that question, Jesus knows, if anybody knows, Jesus knows, he knows the law. He knows what's at stake. He knows what it says. Now, what we may not know about the Old Testament law is this, and we're going we're gonna to jump back for just a second to the Old Testament in Deuteronomy. It'll be on the screen. You don't have to turn there. But this is very interesting as it comes to accusations. Deuteronomy 13.9 says this, But you shall surely kill him. Your hand shall be first against him to put him to death, and afterwards the hand of all the people. Deuteronomy 17.7 affirms the hand of the witnesses shall be first against him to put him to death. And afterward, the hand of all the people. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. So here is what it's saying. The person who caught them and those witnesses to the crime, and those are the ones that are first to cast the stone. Not just the people that are standing around as though you would see, you know, people riding about losing a a basketball game and everybody going crazy. People don't even care about basketball out there, you know, acting crazy. It's the people who witnessed the crime, witnessed the sin. They were the ones that were first responsible for that and then everyone else after that. So they started the execution. And here's the other interesting thing is this. Only those who were not guilty of that sin also could participate. So let's just kind of set it up. Someone steals something, they catch them stealing. The person who catches them could, you know, put them to death, could be the one casting the stones. Everybody else who had a problem with stealing, there's not the ones that get to throw the stones, only those who don't struggle with that, if that makes sense. And so they're standing here, around Jesus knows the law he knows what it says in the old testament and I want you to remember this statement for later that only those not guilty of the same crime could participate and there is just this deafening silence right there's this deafening silence have you ever asked somebody a question and you know they heard you and they don't answer isn't that awkward 
If I just, I'm sitting across the table from somebody, we're having a discussion, and I ask them a question, and they just look at me. You're like, so just, you ever been in the car with somebody don't talk, and you feel like you just have to talk and say something because you want to cut the tension, right? They're asking Jesus a question. He stoops down, he starts writing on the ground, and there's silence. There's silence. When I was in insurance school, one of the things that they taught you as relating to selling things was once you close the sale, the person who speaks first loses. When it came down to, to write the insurance policy, we had a little line we would say, you know, if you don't mind, I may add, write this for you also. And you grab the pen, you hold it to the paper, and you wait. And you put the pressure on the person so they know that the ball is in their court and you would sometimes just sit there and, and it was awkward. Because some people are like, no, 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 I don't. And they, they immediately say something to you. Other times, people would just sit there. And they'd say, you know, if it was a minute or two minutes or five minutes, just sit there. And so this is tactic that's used. It's to put the pressure on the person. And so they're putting the pressure on Jesus. Now, let me just say this. It doesn't say this, but I think it's a, a good thing to know. It's a good model for us that Jesus' first response to not say anything and just silence, I think we should practice that a little more. <laughs> we should be a little bit slower to speak when questioning things. To, to sit there for a moment to process and think about what's going on. And so he stoops down and he's quiet. And he's writing. And maybe he's doodling. Maybe he's just writing something. We don't know what it is. I, I like just for the imagination purposes, for the liberty of the illustration to think what some of the things that he could have been writing. Scripture doesn't say this, but I, I just like to imagine here Jesus knowing all the sins of the people that are gathered around him is squatting down right beside them. And he knows who's standing around. And he bends down and he begins to write. And maybe, not this time as we'll see in just a second because he stoops down a second time, maybe he, he begins to write the names of the people that are there. Maybe he writes... Jared. Maybe he draw, draws an arrow and writes underneath the sin that he struggles with. That person standing there sees that. They're not as judgmental as that moment, at that moment. Maybe he, he squats down and sees, you know, Matthew and writes his name and says, adulterer. Just because Matthew hadn't been caught. Remember, they're all gung-ho. They're ready to, to throw the stone. In the meantime, the woman's there. She's still sobbing. She still has her head down. She's crying. She's afraid because she knows what's to come. And finally, Jesus doesn't give in because we see in verse 7, it says, when they kept on questioning him. They budged first and they continued to ask him, here is what the law says, Jesus. What do you say? All eyes are on him. And it says, he straightened up. He stood up. And he begins to speak. And I believe as he stood up, they know, here comes his answer. We've got him. We've caught him. We're, what's he going to say? And Jesus 
says this, let any one of you who is without sin be the first one to throw a stone at her. What a perfect response, right? It shifts the focus from him to their sin. What must be going through her mind when she hears this man speak for the first time as it relates to her? In verse 8 it says, And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And he went back to writing. And at that moment, when that question, whoever among you who has no sin, let him be the first one to go ahead and pick up the rock. And the woman, tears flowing down her face, still. And so they're, they're poised with a question, a dilemma. What do they do now? There's all these people around. There's old ones. There's young ones. There's people whose eyes are on him. People around the court, they're seeing like, what do we do now in light of the information that's been given and what they said? Verse 9 says, at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Quiet for a minute. Listen, what do you hear? What do you think she heard at that moment? sound of footsteps as people began to walk away maybe the the voices got a little more quiet because the crowd began to leave could it be that as she was standing there there were people The rocks begin to drop until only it was her left with Jesus. She recognized the sound and then Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? In other words, look around. Where are the accusers? Where are the ones who wanted you to be put to death? Where are the ones who have brought you before me? Where have they gone? Has no one condemned you? And she looks around. She lifts her head. Maybe she wipes the tears from her eyes. Her vision becomes clear. She sees no one. The one who is she is grateful has given her another opportunity to live, Jesus. And she responds, no one, sir. And Jesus looks at her and says, then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. In other words, here is your fresh start. Today, can be your chance for a fresh start. Today, you should be grateful that you can walk away, that you live another day. And I think, you know what? So many times we are guilty 
just like the scribes and the Pharisees. We're so guilty to see others who are struggling with sin and pick up our rocks. Pick up our rocks just ready. I mean, you see the insults, you see the, the things that fly around on, on social media. You hear about, you know, somebody in the church or a friend of yours, somebody you went to school with, maybe you like them, maybe you don't like them, and people gossip about it. Can you believe so-and-so? Can you believe that happened? Can you believe, you know, they're going through this? And, and we're just so easy to cast judgment on people, especially those with things that we don't struggle with. We're quick to throw stones and inst- instead of showing grace. We pick up our stones while trying to navigate with that big old plank in our eye. Listen to me, I am that woman. You, all of us, are that woman. Every one of us are guilty of sin. Because honestly, let's go back to what Jesus said, right? He said, you've heard it said that a person who commits adultery, but he said, but I tell you today that if you even look at a woman with lust, then you're guilty. It doesn't even have to be the act because our standards, we cannot match or meet up to what Jesus requires of us. The law was just simply to show us that we can't, there's no possible way that we can fulfill it. All of us, according to Romans 3, have violated God's law and are guilty through our sin. Yet Jesus, and through him, we have a chance for a fresh start. All of us have been found guilty. And all of us, as Ephesians tell us, deserve God's wrath. But it says, but God, being grace in his grace and mercy, sent his son. When we were broken, he came. When we were hurting, he came. When we were at rock bottom, he came. When we deserved death, he came. When everyone else was against us, Jesus came. But you know what is amazing about this story? The one left standing there with the woman was the only one worthy to pick up a rock. The only one that's left there deserved to pick up a stone, but instead he chose to pick her up. And he chose to pick us up. And he gives us a fresh start. And today we should be grateful that he doesn't condemn us as well. He's saying that today, neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Your family may condemn you. Your friends may condemn you. The people you work with may condemn you. Jesus, the only one without sin, still standing and worthy to, doesn't. He tells us in Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In John 3, 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so here's what we observe today in this moment is this. He doesn't condemn you, but he says, go now 
I forgive you and leave your life of sin. Commit your life and follow after me. I will give you that fresh start. And for that, we can be sure. We don't change in order to be accepted. We change because we have already been accepted. We don't change in order to be accepted. We change because we have already been accepted by the Son of God. And so today, Jesus specializes in fresh starts. And you may be here today and you need a fresh start. Your past has has followed you here. You've got a a reputation you've been trying to, to get rid of. You've got this secret sin that nobody knows about and the only reason things haven't come to a crashing halt is because you hadn't been caught. I'm here to tell you today, you can have a fresh start today if you follow and you trust in him. And you don't have to wait till January 1st. You don't have to make that choice when New Year's resolutions, you can make it today on a beautiful, cool day surrounded by people who are just like you in this place, and you can have a fresh start. Why? Because he came. And he came to show his grace, and he is here, and he is saying, neither do I condemn you. Follow me, leave your life of sin. All of us have been caught, all of us are guilty. But when the one who deserves to pick up the rock doesn't even choose to and reaches down and picks us up for that we should be grateful let's pray father thank you so much for this opportunity to come to open up your word today we thank you god that you being perfect flawless becoming sin and you knew no sin for us We thank you, God, for the opportunity to have a fresh start. I pray, Lord, that as we take a look at our lives, not just in the time of Thanksgiving, but God, all throughout the year, we take time to think about where we were, where you brought us to, what you've done for us, the things that you've blessed us with, Our family prays all the time. Thank you, God, for this house that you blessed us with. Thank you, God, for the the help that you've given us. Thank you for, and, and the list goes on and on. God, let us see what you've done around us. Let us see that you are here each and every day, showering us. Your word says your mercies are new each and every morning, God. I just thank you that you don't grow tired and weary by our our stupidity our ignorance but you show us grace that you aren't like us that you are long suffering that you are patient you are slow to anger I pray God today that we wouldn't be so quick to cast judgment on those around us that we wouldn't be so quick to pick up our stones and begin to fling them and insults and, but we look and say you know what I'm just as guilty in another way God, thank you for showing mercy to me. If you're here today and you need a fresh start, all you have to do is call out to Jesus. All you have to do is what he said, leave 
your life of sin. It's not going to mean you're going to be perfect. There's no possible way we can do it. But this new nature comes, this new heart. Heart of stone becomes a heart of flesh. We thank you, God, that you specialize in newness and fresh starts. And you can have that today through Jesus. Trust in him. Confess your sin to him and leave a new person. We pray all these things in the wonderful name of Jesus and everyone said together.